Welcome to the Wesleyan Airway, a show where we have the opportunity to talk about a, a tremendous number of new and interesting topics and to meet a wide variety of very interesting folks. And it is my pleasure today to bring on Dr. James Cousins, who is the new Vice President for Academic Affairs and Dean of Kentucky Wesleyan College. James, thank you for joining me today. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit to everyone. Tell us a little bit about your background and what finally attracted you to Kentucky Wesleyan College. Uh, I'd love to. Thanks so much for having me, first of all. Uh, Just a wonderful opportunity to be here with you all today. Um, I'm I'm excited to be here. This is, I feel like this is the first unofficial day of summer. I woke up, it was... Um, really hot and humid, but um, in a way that you really don't experience much in, in Michigan. But I, uh, I look at this as a homecoming. I spent uh, just about a decade in Lexington um, pursuing a master's degree and then a PhD. And in so many ways, we were, we were excited to have the opportunity to come back to Kentucky. And I've known of Kentucky Wesleyan have highly regarded its history for so long so I am I'm thrilled to be part of that history now um, I was born and raised I'll start I'll start at the beginning but I'll make this very brief just to explain my accent I think a little bit which people have a tough time um, sort of pinpointing but uh, Philadelphia is where you hear some of the the, the odd diphthongs um, come from that uh, Delaware Valley area um, and then uh Educated at the Ohio State uh, undergrad and then uh, Kentucky Masters and, uh, and PhD. Really started my educational career as a high school teacher at Millersburg Military Institute, which is a school had a long and fabled history. Um, went about 114 years before finally, um, you know, going under. And uh, but it was a great opportunity to experience education. I taught history and Latin there uh, for a number of years. And that springboarded me into graduate work, and I was passionate about history and, and classical studies, and so I took the opportunity to pursue a, a master's and a, and a PhD and celebrate my love of history. Really didn't think um, initially that I would become a faculty member. I think I, I, you know, I just went into it just because I loved history. I loved British history and American history and uh, ancient history. Um, I took a lot of coursework and and, and uh, have a lot of experiences across a, a vast spectrum of history. I just I loved it all and uh, had an opportunity to um, enroll and study in a, a program that focused on uh, intellectual history and the history of education under John Thielen, who is a, a amazing scholar and a very prominent scholar at the University of Kentucky, and. My first position out of uh, graduate school was as a history professor at Western Michigan University in Kalamazoo. And if you don't know where Kalamazoo is, what you do in Michigan is you hold up your hand. So if you're at home and you want to play along, you hold up your, say, hold up your right hand and then locate where your, your pinky finger is and then go down your pinky past the knuckle right about almost to your, um, your wrist. That's where uh, Kalamazoo is. So it's out on the, the western edges of the state, about 40 miles from uh, Lake Michigan. Beautiful area. Owensboro is, is bigger than Kalamazoo, Michigan. Um, same geographic features, same very wooded and uh, really uh, great experiences there. We were there for about a decade, my, uh, my wife and I, and uh, we, we got there. It was just us two, and we, we, we leave and we arrive in Owensboro with a, a four-year-old. So... Um, we've been, you know, very happy to be here. It's a wonderful town. Um, great 
uh, sort of family atmosphere, something we were really looking forward to. And yeah, as you mentioned, we're you know trying our best to get acclimated here um, and figure out where things are and uh, where, where the groceries are and how long the commute is and and where we can find daycare facilities and so on and so forth. But it's been it's been a great experience so far. I've, I've been able to meet with a, a good deal of the faculty and staff and and talk to some some trustees and uh you know i I love the energy i love the the optimism the freshness um and and there's a there's a great deal to be optimistic about here on campus and uh especially as we return post-covid now i think we will be able to add that to our vernacular in a in a real way the post-covid years and uh, how that plays out on on wesleyan's campus um, leaves me room for a lot of uh a lot of optimism so, and that's great, and that, that, what a wonderful background. I, I do have to ask, uh, having done your undergraduate work at o, the Ohio State Thank University, you. I did my postdoc at the Ohio State University, and one of the things I have trouble doing when I crisscross the nation is driving through Michigan. Hmm. And, and, and so you went from Ohio State University to living in Michigan, hmm. and, and I have to ask, how did that feel? Well, you know, the first trip to Ann Arbor where, is where it really hits home. <laughs> and you feel like you're, you know, on the other side of the Maginot line in World War I. <laughs> well, you feel like you're in enemy territory. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're really, you know, you get a taste for that at, you know, uh, at home football games. You yes. get a sense for that rivalry and how palpable it is. And, you know, that is the highlight of, uh, you know, both of the, the, the schedules, but but a lot of a lot of maize and blue there and it's just kind of burned into your retinas when you when you uh, when you leave the place people talk about feuds and and teams that, that line new york and boston and and the celtics and the lakers and michigan ohio state That's right is there, yeah. equally yeah. with them and Absolutely. i don't think you can stay there for any length of time regardless of which school where you were and, and just not realize what is that length they have and and yeah. in ways i think it's extremely healthy for the institution and and for sports it, it raises the just the level of enthusiasm for each of the institutions and and for what it is they're doing I, I, inside and outside of athletics yeah i agree and that's something that was really different you know growing up in an urban area where we had so many schools but they were you know saint joe's and drexel and villanova who mm-hmm. has a, va- a fabled basketball legacy um and haverford college obviously and uh, so so many other schools um we didn't really have that sense of you know what a rivalry was. I think professional sports dwarfs college athletics to such a degree yes, yes. that that's really not part of you know your experience as someone who you know enjoys sport. Uh, you know you look forward to March Madness, but outside of that, really you know it just kind of recedes. And so so that was really different and new. And the the, the sort of you know you know how much people look forward to to you know game day and then to these big rivalry games and really gearing up for that but i think you're right because you know you you locate an identity in the other in a lot of cases right (laughs) and so so with uh with athletics you know it's it's led to some really constructive rivalries in arts and humanities and in the sciences and you know what the big 10 has been able to do i think overall in terms of combining research and and resources and you know one of the things this is this is uh, not trivial but but something that that, that is uh, you know more immediate is their um, what they would do with blood drives on game days right. and uh, you know trying to trying to out donate uh, your rival team great great benefits and and the, all the different ways that you can leverage those rivalries to some real public good 
Well, and, and donors, alumni who mm. who will be giving to your sciences, to your arts, to your theaters, often uh, they are dr- drawn back because of the athletic nature of the campus, and uh, but yet their heart is in other areas as well. And sure, and I, I bring this up. Um, Partially because as, as you come to Kentucky Wesleyan College, we are a smaller institution. We had an enrollment of 845 in the fall of 2021. So we're not large by any means. And everybody gets to know each other. I uh, think of us as sort of the um, non-alcoholic cheers of colleges where everybody knows your name. And hopefully I don't get in trouble for saying that. But we are 53% athletes. And, and I guess I'd like to know from your point of view, from, with the very strong academic background that you have, what is your thought of that percentage of athletes on a campus well you know it's it's really not out of proportion with um you know our peer institutions uh and small liberal arts colleges writ large i mean our athletic program is you know i look at you know williams college and we have the the same number of student athletes at williams um, which has a very high academic profile um and so it can be a, a real boon to an institution, um, and and I think it is here. Um, you have an opportunity to to embrace um, all parts of the student experience uh, in a in a way that's meaningful. I think at, at this division we experience more of the true student athlete um, than at a, than at a Division One um, level, and those student athletes are exposed not just to um, rigorous athletic and academic program programming, but also to a, a spate of opportunities that wouldn't uh, necessarily be available to them. They can take significant roles in student government. Mm-hmm. Um, they can participate in co-curricular and extracurricular opportunities, like as you know, in, in ways that they wouldn't be able to at other institutions. And this was really driven home to me. I was um, earlier, or I guess later in the academic year, I was able to to view the. Um, Oak and Ivy celebration mm-hmm. on Facebook and was uh, incredibly impressed with the, the resumes that these young women and men are coming out of um, Wesleyan with and, and just the roles and the opportunities and their, their profiles, um, their, their CVs are, are more impressive are than, yes. than I can, uh, than I can tell you. And so, you know, as they launch their postgraduate careers, wherever that might take them, they are head and shoulders uh, above their their peer groups because of those opportunities in athletics, also in music, in the arts, um, and obviously all this is undergirded by strong and you know rigorous academic programs. So it all it really all does work together in in ways that that make Wesleyan a, a significant and special place. Well, and I'm glad you brought that up, and I think you're, you're entirely correct. And I always tell people in academics that the course room is about 25% of a total overall experience of an undergraduate. The rest of it comes outside the classroom. Mm-hmm. And and that is conducting research, uh, being in an academic club, doing an internship, being part of athletics. Those areas where you're put into a leadership role, where in a much larger institution, you may not have that opportunity. Here, you're almost forced into it. Uh, there there aren't enough students for you to really hide. You're, you're pulled out of that shadow you're pulled out of that corner and you're you're placed into the limelight and and you have the support that if it doesn't work that first time if it if it gosh forget fails we, we can pick you up and dust you off and put you on a, on a good pathway right. and i think you've hit that pretty well and in your time here you've been on campus quite a while or quite often i shouldn't say quite a while but quite often and you've and as you mentioned earlier you've had many discussions with a lot of people what what do you see as your sort of three main focuses as you go into the next year. Hmm. 
Well, uh, I think, you know, starting off with, you know, is, is uh, to do, you know, I think what a lot of people new to a leadership position in, in higher education do, which is a lot of listening. And that's, I think, a good place to start, um, to, to not assume too much from the externals and to really get to know um, all sides of the institution. Um, now, none of that should come at the cost of um, some productive action going forward. And for that, I think uh, maybe the second priority would be some to look a hard uh, to look at take a hard look at strategic alignment and to identify um, the most salient and significant challenges and then from that flow to uh, what opportunities are available and then objectives and then uh, really you know working with faculty and staff and and all members of the campus community to really align them with some some productive forward-looking metrics um and and thirdly, I think it's I think it's really important to you know uh, gel effectively with the uh, members of the leadership team with other members mm-hmm. of the cabinet. Um, this is a unique role for me. I'm coming from a, a different institution with a different institutional uh, outlook, and um, my exposure to athletics. I had a wonderful lunch. Uh, last week with uh, with coach coaches Cooper and, and Yeast and and that was an experience and I was sort of awed by because I wouldn't have had that at any other uh, right. institution and and to do that in the same day that uh, you know I can work with and have a really collegial phone conversation with Ed, Eddie Kenny the VP of uh, Development Advancement uh, and Matthew Ruark uh, Becca Ruark um, and, and you know Dan Frazier and and just work with all these different different. Uh, parts um, and and work together towards some productive ends, but uh, you know I, I'm really looking forward to, to to that part. You know, working on some shared challenges and experiencing their their viewpoints and uh, you know how they see the institution and how they're approaching things. This is uh, really compelling. It's it's what you know keeps me working into the wee hours of the morning. It's <laughs> what wakes wakes me up and why I'm so thrilled to be here. Well, that's great. And I know the campus is is thrilled to be here especially the cabinet and you're you're just going to be a a, a great uh breath of, of huge enthusiasm and fresh air coming through and we have a very strong cabinet your your addition is going to make it that much stronger mm-hmm. so we're all looking forward to having you there now you talked about being in the owensboro area you have moved down here if if i understand correctly mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. you you brought your wife and four-year-old son um i've li- had the privilege to live in a lot of different areas in the nation and I've all, I've realized very quickly that if my wife is happy, we're we're both much happier. How's the family doing? It's a big change from Michigan to Owensboro, Kentucky, and and I have to admit I love the city. So and I'm hoping you do as well. But it's still a huge change. How are things going on the personal side? If I may ask, they're 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 going really well. Uh, you know, we're we're down. We're really interested in experiencing and and having a new adventure. And I think you can you can do that when you have a, a child that's around four years old and you know i said do you want to do you want to move to kentucky uh jp we call him, his his name is james paul and he said sure <laughs> uh he, he doesn't have any of those really durable connections that that you know adults form so just really excited for for the new house and to be able to run around and go to the pool and so he's he's happy as a clam anywhere right um he's really cheery disposition and uh, my wife owns uh, several uh, franchise coffee locations in uh, in Kentucky and, and several up in um, Michigan. So she'll be traveling, you know, just as much as she was before. Um, Owensboro is such a great and unique 
family-friendly city that we've been, we were, we feel like we've been embraced um, and uh, by everyone we meet. And this is really so much of the charm of Kentucky is you're really never a stranger for too long. You're, you're immediately brought in and made to feel welcome. And I, I have sort of a historical rationale for, for why that is, but I think we're, <laughs> I won't bore you with, but I, I, I really do enjoy, and that was so much the attraction to coming back to, to the state and to the region um, because, you know, you're really, you, you're brought in as a, as a friend almost immediately. And, um, you know, in other parts of the country, it, it takes just a little bit longer to get to, to get to know people and people have their guards up. And in Kentucky, that's never really the case. So, so everything is really kind of militating towards, you know, acceptance and um, we're, we're really, we're, we're, we're blessed to be here and we're grateful for, for it. Well, we, we are so happy to have you here. And, and James, I know uh, you're juggling really two different areas right now uh, between the old job and getting and getting ready for being here. So I really appreciate your taking the time to join me for a little while today. And as we wrap up, uh, do you have any last thoughts, Any anything you'd like to leave the listeners? Well, I would like to invite everyone who's listening to um, reach out to, to me and reach out to the campus. This is such an important year for Kentucky Wesley, and I think in a way that, that the, the college has never really, um, uh, you know, it's an experience that the college has never had before. Uh, it's an experience that the world has never had before, reemerging from, from a pandemic and the shutdown. So that emphasis on community is such an important part of this um, coming year. And I didn't bring that up as one of my sort of three outlooks because I think that's such a shared responsibility. Like that's ingrained throughout everything. Right. And uh, as we, we look to do that, let's let's come back and, and not to normal, but let's build a new normal um, where, where Wesleyan is uh, out and around the community and the community is on uh, Wesleyan's campus in ways large or small. Um, so, you know, a lot more face-to-face contact. And I think when we have these contacts and these connections, I think they'll be more valued and treasured than they were in the past. I don't think we're going to take these casual interactions for granted anymore. So I'm really excited about that. I'm really positive. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm positive that we're going to make some some tremendous um, headway this year. Um, we've such a tremendous legacy uh, coming into it. So uh, amazing groundwork. And, and I couldn't be couldn't be happier or more excited for the coming year. No, that is that is great, and you're right. The, the campus is opening up. The more vaccinations we get, the more we open up. We have large uh, events already uh, scheduled for this summer, and really looking forward to going back to full residential mm-hmm. experience this mm-hmm. fall. Mm-hmm. So, James, you're coming at just the most opportune time. I think we are reemerging from this cocoon that we call COVID, mm. and the next five years should be extremely exciting. We're so glad to have you uh, as a part of this next five years so thank thank you you once again thank you and i will have you on probably toward the end of your first semester to see how things are still going wonderful i look forward to it thank you great thank you 